0: About.
1: You'd love to know, wouldn't you? All of you in every detail. Trudy, please. Well, I am sorry to d- disappoint you, but that is my business and no one else's. So you can stop all your whispering and speculations, because as far as you're
0: concerned, nothing happened. Got it!
2: So welcome to series two, episode 34 of Conversation on Eagle Mountain, a podcast about the tribe. I'm your host Lance and joining me podcast panel today is Liz, hello, Sabine, hi, and Colin. How's it going? With episode notes done by Matt and myself. So series two, episode thirty-four. The screenplay was done by Joe Boyle. It was directed by Colin McCall, and the episode synopsis was read out by myself. After Trudy's return, Ebony and Danny have their own ideas about how to defend themselves against a possible attack chosen. Selene is forced to confront her true feelings, and next discovers an injured Alice, but can he save her in time? Okay so to start things off panel, thinking that she is being whispered about by the other Morats, Trudy blows up at them and says that she won't reveal what happened to her so they should just forget about it. And we're going to focus on that first of all, like, did anyone find Trudy's behaviour understandable or did you think it was a bit suspicious? Like, What did you make from that scene?
1: she was so right they had that coming sorry but yeah no they didn't care about her when she was taken so no i don't think they do um have any reason for her not to blow up at them (laughs) you know they don't have a right to know anything Mm -hmm. well it's not not as if they cared before Mm, no i didn't really see anything suspicious About that behavior in her because, well, I probably would have found it more suspicious if she came in and just told them a story about what happened to her and how it happened to her. You know, that would have been more out of character than blowing up.
3: I think it, you know, I think it works on both ends of the spectrum. If you're someone who really didn't think about what Trudy went through and what happened to her, it would seem suspicious to you because you haven't given it any consideration what this girl went through, what it means that she was kidnapped and held, you know, hostage away from her family with her child. You don't know what she went through. So if you saw this blow up, you're thinking, what the heck is wrong with you? That seems overkill and over the top. But if you have considered what she went through, what happened to her, and the fact that these people didn't rescue her, didn't care about her, completely forgot all about her while she was gone, her blow up actually makes more sense in that context. Because it's like, who are they? to talk about what she went through or to want answers about what she went through and the resentment she must feel towards them. Like, oh, I'm sure you guys would love to hear all about it now. You didn't care when I was gone. You didn't try to help me. I got here back on my own. Where were you? You, know, you don't get to ask me mm-hmm. what I went through. And I'm not telling you anything about what I went through, the torture I was put through. It's none of your freaking business. But yeah, I think it works because it's like, one hand, you're like, whoa, what's the frick? Nobody said anything. And then the other, you're like, you know, it's actually pretty reasonable when you consider what, this, what actually happened to this person.
1: Wouldn't you have found it suspicious, though, if Rudy just came to them knowing, you know, what happened to her and everything? Wouldn't you have found it suspicious if she just said, there, oh, yeah, they, you know, they took me here. They tortured me like this and this and in this way. Mm. And now I'm mean, back.
3: <laughs> it just it depends because again, people respond to trauma in different ways. Some people want to regurgitate it so they can get it out of their head, mm-hmm. and they're desperate to tell somebody. So I can't even say that would be suspicious if Trudy desperately wanted to share what happened to her so that it's not just something she has to hold on to you know what I mean but that's just because I'm older and I understand now that not everybody reacts the same way there's no one normal way to react to such a traumatic event so I think they played it really well because it feels slightly off which is good because Trudy is supposed to be suspicious but at the same time you can convince yourself that her behavior is perfectly natural for what she went through.
0: Yeah, for me, it's the tribal makeup that's kind of telling and also just a risk of security. Um, yeah, the rats kind of don't have the right to ask her since they technically just stop looking and just stop caring, but it just seems a little bit too convenient that now of all times, Trudy is released by the Chosen and she wasn't injured. She wasn't like anything. Like They wanted her baby and then they just let The baby and her go so yeah there should definitely be questions it kind of just shows now that they still don't care uh, on the reason why they just don't question but um but yeah the tribal makeup to me is telling from how trudy looked before she was taken and then after it's just kind of like are you gonna change your makeup and your hair or are you gonna keep this dominic looking (laughs) uh, makeup going
3: it's really nice. I love it because when Tr- Trudy's acting, you know, perfectly normal, you don't realize how blatant that blue eyeshadow actually is and what it signifies. Um it's only when she gets upset and her eyes are wide that it really pops off her face. Like you're <laughs> meant to notice the blue eyeshadow. And uh so it's just a nice subtle tick that something is off here and that she's not really with us, that she she's someplace else, you know. Um Nice, nice use of uh, design
1: there. I like it. Mm, definitely. And it's, you know, you can see the same kind of glimmer with this blue eyeshadow as she had with the silver when um, they had to funeral and Trudy was, well, not her standard. Mm. Or at least, yeah, m- m- more her mental chaotic self, I guess. Yeah.
3: And they also set up the scene to catch your attention because, again, what sets her off? it's the blatant obvious you know, like whispering that Casey's doing mm-hmm. which when you really think about it was completely unnecessary of Casey to do especially mm-hmm. when he's asking when he's asking such an innocent thing can you pass me the sugar he really his body language the blatant leaning over whispering into Lex's ear none of that was necessary it's meant to set her off and assume they're talking about her so the way, even way the stage this the scene is staged is meant to make you go wait a minute this is really off the rails but at the same time trying to convince yourself that no, I mean I guess it wasn't a big deal it just happened
1: <laughs> <laughs> I never believed for a second that that was what KC was really whispering you know
0: <laughs> he's like this will set her off
1: <laughs> I always assumed he did this on purpose or just like, it, it it just feels like he said something else to lex and then he responds this way and he's just looking for a way to get out of it mm. for not to get you know told off by the others, with the exception of lex considering that lex
3: didn't actually hear what he originally whispered no. i would not put it past kc to have leaned over and not said anything
1: mm-hmm. just to
3: set trudy off and then be mm-hmm. like i was just asking for sugar because <laughs> I mean, if he was that close to Lex's ear, how did Lex not
1: hear what he was asking for? <laughs> and and even if Lex did hear what he said, Lex would cover for the little rat. <laughs> there's no subtlety in the scene. I'll say
3: that. <laughs> but I mean, I don't think they're supposed to be so.
0: Nope. Yeah, they literally did that just so they can see Trudy the Moody go off, <laughs> which is a Trudy the Rudy me- uh, record I recorded. Uh, like, I did time for it, and it was a minute and 24 <laughs> seconds of non-stop yelling and complaining from Trudy. It was honestly impressive.
1: Have you timed how long it took for them to set her off?
0: Um, Probably a millisecond. <laughs>
3: did you take into context what she was going through?
0: That never matters. It does. <laughs> it matters. <laughs> I
2: mean, just... To play on what you mentioned earlier, Carlin, like, do you think the Morats in general aren't asking Trudy about what happened because they feel ashamed and regret or because they simply don't care? Which one do you think it leans more towards?
0: Uh, maybe, I, I think maybe it depends on this, on which Morat. I think maybe Bray could feel some sort of regret because it was his decision at the end of the day. And the fact that he traded Lex for Trudy would never make sense, like, ever. But, yeah, the rest of the Mallrats just really don't care.
1: No, I I think Patsy might care.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Patsy does care.
3: I think that's actually a fair assessment, that there are Mallrats who they're not asking because they genuinely feel bad that this happened Mm -hmm. to Trudy, whether it's because they feel some sort of guilt or shame. they They just feel bad. You know what I mean? They feel like this shouldn't have happened to her, they don't want to make it any harder for her, so it's really easy for them to avoid the subject where they don't want to go there, I don't want to hear about what happened to you because I already feel bad enough that it did, and I think it's just as fair to say that there are some of them who genuinely don't care what happened to her, and are just like, that's why I'm not asking. I'm not interested in hearing about it, didn't happen to me,
1: so whatever. I can imagine that being a reason for Jack not asking too many questions, you know? Well, eh, she's back. Not my problem. Yeah,
0: but Jack hardly cares about anyone, to be honest. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, me. unless you're Ellie or Dale. <laughs> Dale.
1: Well, after the dance party, she came on with how, how she didn't want power anymore. Just me. I and mean, she was talking love and, and
2: togetherness, and well, it just wasn't like her, you know?
3: So he didn't believe her
2: it was obviously another one of his strategies and i lost it shot her down so panel when bray tells tyson about ebony's declaration of love that happened earlier tyson admits that she thinks it was genuine and admission that seems to completely shock bray and panel this may really made me laugh because like 10 seconds prior to this we see a happy-go-lucky bray walking down the corridor smiling and saying hello to ebony as if nothing had ever happened between. And that's just quite ridiculous. Um, you're kind of like, really, is Bray this naive and oblivious? Has he gotten any empathy? Like, what, what do you make of this? Because <laughs> it's ridiculous.
3: But to say about the way he approached her, it makes no sense, considering <laughs> what literally just what they've just happened between these two. Bray shouldn't be happy to see her. He shouldn't be oblivious that she'd be like he shouldn't be thinking oh she she'll be happy to see me There should be a tension there an avoidance. I don't want to see her I don't want to talk to her unless you're telling me that bray is the kind of person who can verbally drop kick you one second And then the next everything's cool. (laughs) That doesn't feel human to me. That's sociopathic right there. That's really Weird that he approaches her that way. It's very bad staging. That's bad direction I, I that's just poorly done right there. It makes no sense. There was a better way to stage that where they see each other and she walks away to avoid him. And, you know, he has a more realistic reaction because he didn't want to see her either. You know what I mean? Like, that's just badly done because it doesn't make any sense for any
1: character to do
3: what happened, do what he did, and then be like, what's up?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, in all fairness, I could see Lex doing that just... To annoy the girl <laughs> but that, that's like, huh?
3: there's a yeah. way to do that if that's what you want to portray that bray is only <laughs> doing is to be a jerk you could portray that but they don't even do that it's just dumb it makes zero sense and <laughs> yes. if you hadn't seen that episode mm-hmm. you'd be like what happened between <laughs> those guys you know what um, i mean you'd have no idea that bray was the one to say girl you're dog crap, you know what I mean? Like, that's what you are to me. You'd have no idea by the way Bray approaches her. That's just dumb.
1: I, I sometimes wonder what on earth is wrong with Bray's memory. Because he's like a goldfish at times. As for his um, his genuine surprise,
3: at you know, Tyson giving her opinion, like, I think she was telling the truth. I think she was being genuine with you. That was well done. Because, yeah, he should be surprised by that. He truly believed she was just messing with him and trying to trick him again and had very good reason to believe that. And here he's being told you were wrong. You assessed that wrong. And it's like, what? Because remember, he had to convince himself not to listen to Ebony when she Mm -hmm. made her confession. He had to remind himself all the reasons why it was a bad idea to listen to her or consider she was telling him the truth before he went off. You know, and so for someone he trusts, and he does trust Tyson to tell him, I think you got this one wrong, Bray. And she would know, as, as far as Bray's concerned, Tyson would be in the best position to understand where Ebony is right now because she's the only one who's been bothering with Ebony. You know, the only one being in her room and taking care of her when no one else wanted to. And so he's, I felt like that it made sense. He was genuinely like, oh, and felt like, oh crap. I, I would never have said what I said to her if I thought she was telling me the truth, you know? Now I feel like a dick. <laughs> I, didn't, you know, I didn't mean to do that to her. If she was actually being honest, now I'm the a-hole.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I do think you have a point there. With, because, let's face it, one of the few people whose opinion actually matters anything at all to Bray right now is Tyson because he does trust her. Yeah, the shock to him, it's just, oh, Bray.
0: Yeah, I agree with all that. But I still think it's Danny's uh, reprogramming of Bray that has <laughs> him acting all fuzzy every episode. Because it literally doesn't make sense how he would approach Ebony as if nothing ever happened. Because we, we don't really see that from Bray. Mm. No. Because if something bothers him, he, he pouts. <laughs> but,
1: yeah, but you know what? Now I'm thinking about it. Do Diolo- you only other person who Bray ever responded that way to, to just, you know, argue with them one second and be all nice and, well, weird, later It's was Trudy, you know? It's with another woman who told him that she loved him. In season one we see Bray continuously going from being weird around Trudy to being super nice, and yeah, it, it does make me wonder. If that is not just a coping mechanism for him to just, okay, let's just say hi, pretend like nothing ever happened, or this one's going to go hysterical as well. I don't know. I feel like that
3: it doesn't really work because the circumstances were so different between Mm. him and Trudy. We never once saw Bray completely go off on Trudy because he just had enough of her. No, he didn't handle Mm -hmm. everything with Trudy very well, but it was usually Trudy going off on Bray. And so it makes more sense that he would want to pretend that the fight never happened. He wasn't the one who would lashed out. She was. This is different. He, like, again, he literally punches Ebony in the face with his words and then smiles at her when he sees her again. It doesn't work. It just doesn't. It's just poorly done. It's badly done. It's like somebody just wasn't really thinking about the direction of that scene very well
0: is as someone who wrote the episode asked the people like, hey, should I... I haven't seen any of the season thus far. Should I watch what happened in the previous episodes? They're like, nah. (laughs) Nothing major happened.
2: I mean, it it is really weird, because then, obviously, like, the scene after, we then see Bray immediately smooching Danny. (laughs) It is very weird and jarring. Like, why... Why is he acting like this? I don't know understand it.
0: Very romantic. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean, it's odd. It's just, it's just very It's
1: odd. It's like he's trying just, you know, push away any thoughts from his mind. It could be just bad editing. Um,
3: we've seen that happen in stories where because they edited certain scenes right next to each other, the emotional flow of the character doesn't make any sense. You know, because, you know, obviously you can't film everything continuity wise that that rarely gets to happen. It's Mm -hmm. a very special project where they get to film in continuity, scene after scene from one to 20 or whatever. Most Mm -hmm. of the time it's like you have to do this scene that comes before this one. And then you got it. And it's, you know, so you'll be in one scene where it's like this is the climactic moment, but we're doing it first, you know, and you have to be in tears. And then later you have to go to the very beginning of your emotional breakdown and film that. So it might just be a really bad job of editing these scenes together so that Bray seems like he just doesn't make sense through the flow of these scenes whatsoever. You know, like it almost make it would make more sense if the scene with Danny came first, where he's in a great mood because he's with his girlfriend. Yeah. And then he just he's walking through the hallway, skipping and whistling zippity dah. And kinda is just in his own space and completely forgets that he's not talking to Ebony right now until he's reminded by her reaction. Oh yeah, we hate each other right now. That would make more sense if that was his emotional flow. But because of the way it's edited together, it's like, what the frick is happening here? <laughs> Where is Bray's head?
0: It's like a, a poor man's <sighs> memento, or if you've ever seen that movie, everything's just backwards and in, in its storytelling.
3: No, there's
2: there's a good argument for that, but the way he acted to Ebony within that (laughs) scene, it's just
1: yeah, no, (laughs) no. It's it's like this just belonged before the scene with Ebony. You know, before the scene from last episode. But then Ebony's uh, behavior wouldn't have made sense, Mm.
3: and we'd be like, "Wait a second, Ebony, why are you acting like Bray did something wrong to you when he hasn't yet?" You know what I mean? So I
1: just just feel like.
3: It's just a mess, you know what I mean? And they really didn't think about how his behavior flows. Because like you said, he goes from smiling at Ebony, completely forgetting that he just beat her up, and then finding out that he may have been wrong, to smooching with Danny like nothing's wrong. And it's just like, these are out of order. There's no crescendo. There's no flow to how Bray should be feeling whatsoever. And it could have been fixed if you put him and Danny smooching first. So you could at least argue that Bray is just on a cloud nine and he's distracted. Everything's going peachy in his world. (laughs) And then he's reminded, oh, crap. Yeah, me and Ebony had that altercation. And then then he finds out, I'm the jerk or whatever, you know.
2: Uh, I mean, I suppose there is an argument that he suppresses a lot.
1: Yeah, he Um, does. Since Amber, but
2: yeah. (laughs) I mean, we see not healthy. We do you see later on when Amber gets kidnapped. His how he reacts and yeah, <laughs> I suppose yeah, it's just...
1: yeah, it's because you know we've seen other people properly dealing with grief, like well, Lex and then Bray just not processing anything at all. It's like his feelings are still completely shut off, mm-hmm. and at some points they just you know things boil over like with Ebony. And then with Danny, it's just like I wonder if he even sees her, or if his brain is just some autopilot where, okay, this is a distraction. Let's pet the distraction.
3: Well, now that you bring it up, I was actually thinking to, about it the other day about both Lex and Bray's grief process and the stages of grief. Now, there's no one order to do your stages of grief, but the general, you know, order that people think of is denial, anger. Um, bargaining, depression, acceptance, you know what I mean? Of course, you can grieve in any order. There's no right order to grieve. Mm-hmm. You can even skip stages of grief, blah blah, blah. But I was thinking about Bray and Lex, and like how Lex has gone through the proper stages of grief. He has gone through the denial. He has gone through the anger. he has gone through the depression. He has gone through the bargaining, and he is starting to reach acceptance. You know, he's gone through it. He's had to live it. But Bray mm-hmm. feels like he's stalled and he's stuck in bargaining. If And what bargaining often does is you can convince yourself that things are okay by latching on to good things in your life. And that you can convince, you tell yourself, I'm fine because look how good this is going. And his behavior with Danny could be interpreted as he's stuck mm-hmm. in the bargaining stage. I have this girl. She makes me happy. That means everything is fine. I'm Okay.
1: Because Mm -hmm. I have this thing. And I feel like
3: he's been stalled in the bargaining stage for Mm -hmm. ages. You know what I mean? Like he had a spark of anger and then he almost went into he almost skipped a denial. You know what I mean? Or he you could argue he was in a form of denial. And then he's just been in bargaining this entire time. If I can do this, everything is okay. If I can have her, everything is okay. And it's what makes his behavior with Danny seem so desperate. Yeah. You know? Like if he can be happy with her then everything's fine. You know, I don't, it's, it was just a thought that came to my mind. That
0: makes sense. Mm-hmm. She's the ultimate rebound. <laughs> no,
1: that, that's not even what it is. It's not just her being a rebound. It's just, you know, she's, she's just there. It's, yeah, could have been anything.
3: I don't think Bray actually hits the stage of depression uh-uh. until he actually finds out that Amber's alive. Yeah. you know it, that's when it seems to hit that the depression of what he actually lost and why mm-hmm. he lost it actually hits and then finally an acceptance of it you know what I mean like i yeah. don't think he ever hits acceptance in season two no over grieving amber
1: you know he never gets there no it's just he he replaced what he had with amber which is taking or well this person and and that might actually explain why he latched on to danny this quickly and so hard he's so hard
3: he's so desperate to prove that he loves her and he's happy look how happy we are look how wonderful this is look how in love we are you know i'm happy now
1: because if he can just have that, that image in his head that he has someone he's okay Nothing's wrong, then he does not have to deal with his feelings about the loss of amber and what that means to him. So Bray just doesn't think about anything unless it makes him feel like his life is doing OK.
3: I would explain why he has such a crash when Amber gets kidnapped. Yeah, I mean, it got brought, I'm only saying because it brought brought up. I mean, how long can you suppress every awful emotion? He's been doing it since the virus. <laughs> You know, He he lost his parents, Mm -hmm. his brother goes crazy, so what does he do? He latches on to taking care of Trudy, and he has a plan. I'm going to bring Trudy and my brother back together. That's going to bring my brother back from the brink, and that's what he held on to. That's where he was Mm -hmm. in his bargaining stage of grief. I'm going to fix this, and then it didn't work. His brother died, and he barely lets himself feel that. He represses that as well. How long can you do that in your life before you will finally just fall off the cliff? You know, and completely fall apart in a way that no one has ever seen you do. Where you're just like, I, I give up, I give up, I've got nothing. And then you finally see him quit in a way we've never seen Bray quit. you just like, forget it. You know what I mean? I'm running off with the horse people. I just like, <laughs> you know, because you can only do that. It's not a healthy coping mechanism whatsoever. I'd say what you want about Lex, but Lex at least feels his feelings. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And and Bray is just Elsa, conceal, don't feel Don't let it show Exactly,
3: and eventually you just You blow up and you freeze someone's heart by accident You're
1: like, uh oh (laughs) Yeah, in this case, case, Ebony Mm
3: -hmm. I didn't mean to throw us into a nuclear winter That was an accident My apologies
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Maybe that's why he goes back Trying to talk to Ebony As in To hug her, to melt her again (laughs) Like, oops, that's a bad
3: thing, I feel bad, I gotta fix this, you know? I, I mean, did we just solve, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, probably. Yeah, he's, n- he's not an idiot. Just... injured and hurt.
2: I'm starting to get the feeling that if the Chosen do come, there's nothing any of us can do to stop them. No matter how many ideas we come up with.
1: And what are you getting at?
2: We need reinforcements. Allies. I think it's time we started talking to tribe leaders about pooling resources against an attack. Yeah, during all of this, um, Danny realises that there is merit to both Ebony and Lex's different plans to secure the mall. However, despite Ebony's overbearing attitude, which includes locking down the mall and fear tactics with her troops, Danny realises that they can't defend against the Chosen on their own. So she suggests a tribal forum to form alliances with other tribes. And yeah, let's talk about that panel because what did you think of this plan and its likelihood for success? Again, considering everything that's happened. (laughs)
1: Selfish Selfish and stupid. Selfish and stupid. (laughs)
3: Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. I'm just, it makes me furious that these selfish entitled twats, I cannot believe that it takes them. Oh my gosh, we might be in danger. Now we should work with the other tribes. And it's only because we need protection. It's not to protect the city. It's not to warn other people that they could be in danger because they never bothered to warn other people they could be in danger. Nope. It's only when they realize they can't keep the mall safe on their own. We should work with the other tribes. We should have a forum. Oh my <laughs> gosh, I hate you two so much. <laughs> They don't care about anyone's safety. If they did, they would have told people about The Chosen as soon as Trudy and the baby went missing. As soon as the baby went missing and they figured out it might be The Chosen, they should have been telling people. But they didn't because they were more concerned with their power than anybody else's safety. Nobody knows that they should be wary of The Chosen because the m- has kept them from knowing. And now, now that the mall rats are in danger, they're going to go out there and be like, dude, we're all in trouble. We need to work together. Screw you! The I, the chosen can come burn down your mall, and the other tribes should just watch and roast marshmallows over it.
1: Besides, why would anyone even be worried? Chosen, I mean, we've seen what other people think of them. It's like, like May said, yeah, well, they might be a little weird, but you know, they feed you, they give you a roof over your head. You know, it's it's fine. They care about people. That's all people know. Yeah. These are weirdos who refused to take an antidote that they later found out was a lie. So probably the Chosen might have been onto something. You know, the city's not going to care.
0: No, they're not going to care.
1: If they came to me, I'm a tribe leader, okay?
3: Mm-hmm. And I signed this Bill of Rights just to save the life of the people I look after, I took under my wing. Mm-hmm. And I've just been working with them because that's what my job as a leader. Keep my people safe. I'm going to do what I can. I don't agree with the mall rats, but, you know, they're pretty harmless the way I see it. Mm-hmm. I'm doing my job. And then one day, these mall rats come to me and say, look, we need a coalition. We need to work together because of this chosen group. I'd be like, well, how do you know they're dangerous? Then the mall rats would have to tell me, well, mm-hmm. they kidnapped, you know, two of our own. I'd be like, what the frick? When did that happen? Why wasn't there search parties? Why weren't there posters up in the city? Mm-hmm. We could have found them. And they didn't have to admit they'd been sitting on this. And I'd be like, are you telling me there's a dangerous tribe out there kidnapping mothers and their children and you didn't bother to say anything to anyone about it? I, would, I wouldn't want to work with them. I'd be like, I can't trust you. You were so selfish. You only care about your tribe, your tribe's prosperity, and your tribe's control. Now you have the nerve to ask us for help when you
1: left us. At the mercy of a crazy tribe that kidnaps people. Mm -hmm. Let alone when they find out that the baby that was... Is Bray's niece. (laughs) Can you imagine? Your own niece got kidnapped and you
3: did nothing. And Bray... Danny's lack of self-awareness. Like, this is such a good idea. People are going to love this. They're going to, like, want to work on that. And it's just like... Mm
0: -hmm.
3: There's not even a moment of... I mean, it might be hard because we didn't tell them. You know, but... Maybe we can explain to them why we didn't or whatever. Just no, no awareness mm-hmm. of it whatsoever. I'm just like, you guys are just sacks of Gosa. I can't, I can't with you.
0: Yeah, it's inc- incredibly selfish. And um, I mean, <laughs> what else would you expect from Danny? She literally <laughs> built this entire, uh, I guess if you would call it an empire <laughs> of the Marats with lies, uh, deceit, and uh, just only looking out for herself. Um, and then besides, I th- want to believe that only the tribe leaders really know about the chosen. If that, I think the rest of the city just thinks thinks of them as like some type of boogeyman. You
1: no, know, the the rest of the city, you know, all the like people that were out there, like the outcasts, they knew that the chosen were there, and they were taking people in, and they and they were feeding them.
3: Yep. You know, they don't the,
1: have any reason to think that the chosen are bad.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Weird, but not bad.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah right 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 yeah it's just very very suspicious if someone were to come to you and say that i don't know the farm girls are kidnapping babies and they're they're doing this and that you just wouldn't believe it because you've seen no signs of it
3: and this is also a confirmation that this entire time that they haven't been working with the tribe leaders yeah whatsoever yeah. on anything which is so twisted You got these guys together, convinced them to sign your Bill of Rights, and then you've done nothing to work with them on anything else in this city. And now it's like only when we're in danger that we should form an alliance with them. And it's like you could have been working with the tribe leaders this entire time. You have shown zero care about how the rest of the city feels about anything. You could have been solving problems and getting to the bottom of them by meeting with these tribe leaders who were upset with you you know, who were pulling their workers off the work parties and stuff and being like, okay, let's talk this out. So in this moment, you realize, no, they have never cared what any of the other tribe leaders have to say. They have never wanted an actual coalition. They've never actually wanted a democracy, you know, a system of government in the city. They just wanted to be in charge the whole time. And as long as they can hold on to that, that's all they've ever cared about. And This whole conversation just disgusts me so much And then Bray's like, you're a genius And it's just like (laughs) No, you you both just suck It's what this is
1: This is what it is And You just said About those work parties you just mentioned Where are these people anyways? Because You know, there's no one at the farm It's like the work parties have vanished Or at least not doing what they Were meant to do I mean, I can't imagine Alice sending everyone away it just proves that the mall rats never tried to solve that problem. They,
3: when the, you know, all they cared about was that the city kids were coming to trash the mall. Mm-hmm. Ebony talked them down. But that's the only problem that was actually solved. They decided they wouldn't destroy the mall. But the mall yeah. rats didn't say, okay, so how do we get everyone working together again so we can continue cleaning up the city and making sure all this stuff runs and that people are still working on the
1: farm. They just swept it under the rug like everything else. Oh, I'm, I'm suddenly realizing. Just set a Rage latching on to every happy little moment. That's why he thought the dance party was a good idea. It's like going to the rest of the city with a, Yeah, yeah, we're just gonna have a party so everyone's happy again and friends again, right? Yay! Nothing to see here. They never solved
3: that either. You know actually nope. deal with it, they just go home, yeah, but they don't actually deal with it
0: yeah, if I was a resident in the city, I would have been moved out. <laughs> Clearly, people do not know how to run a city. well, I mean, they're kids, so they, <laughs> they wouldn't know how to, but it's clear everyone is just out for themselves, absolutely everyone
2: but this this is exactly what is frustrating about Danny's character because like she she they sh- they, sh- they should have made her care about the sea and want want to pull everyone together Mm -hmm. to rebuild but it's it's nothing like that at all she just wants the power to set things out and how she wants that's what makes people hate her even more
0: (laughs) and you know what i would be fine with that just because of that whole backstory of her father creating the virus and she feels like she is obligated to fix this thing no matter
2: that's why she's obligated to help everyone come together to work together to rebuild but it's how can they twisted that into her setting things out in her own way like how it doesn't work
0: i feel like i'm i'm fine with that only if they would explore it more on her actually being corrupted by so much power and she believes that she's doing well but she's actually doing more harm than good
3: that could work if they were self if they were self-aware about danny's actual behavior not Mm -hmm. matching what she says danny could have worked she could have been very tragic someone who wants to do so good do good she wants to make up for her father's sins but yeah she is corrupted by her own selfish desires that could have worked but they Mm -hmm. are not self-aware of danny it's all tell and no show they just keep hitting us with exposition of the kind of person that danny is it's it's like character shelling where they'll just you know they create a a character in a story or a tv show or a movie where everybody tells you uh, oh they're so wonderful they're so generous they're so kind but the person's actions don't match that at all you know and you're just like they're not those things that everybody keeps saying And if they were people wouldn't have to keep saying that's what they are (laughs) you know and um that's where danny falls flat because it's like she could have worked if they were self-aware of her if she actually was the things that people say she is But her actions do not match these things because she does not behave like someone who actually gives a crap about fixing the city and making people's lives better and making up for, again, a mistake that was not hers. And it's not even her obligation to fix, but if that's her motivation, she has to actually live up to it honestly, and she Mm -hmm. does not. She doesn't have to be some savior of the city, but you told me she was. So Mm -hmm. she's got to be that now because you said it, you know, Mm -hmm. I didn't ask her to when she showed up with the crossbow. I didn't say she better be the savior of the city. You did. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) give it to me that don't keep telling me that's what she is. If it isn't, you know, and So they just shot themselves with the foot. They built her up on this pedestal. And that's just not who she is. If they want Danny to be someone who's just selfish and wants to be comfortable, that is fine. Just accept that's who she is. But don't lie to me. Don't piss on my leg and say it's raining. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, It's like, I I can sort of, kind of, tiny bit get why Bray would think those things. Because he's just, you know, projecting his love for... Amber and what she stood for onto him, but for everyone else to feel that way, it's just crappy and weird.
0: Yeah, Danny's completely selfish in this, and I feel that the rest of the Marats are idiots too for allowing her to do this, allowing her to do it, and just being so unaware of what how much harm she's actually doing to the entire city.
1: Ah, oh, bruh, am I suddenly mine is similar to Ellie? And thinking, okay, so maybe it would have been better if Ellie told everyone what's going on. Oh
0: yeah. Wait, wait, you mean like you mean what Ellie telling them about Danny's father? With
1: everything. Wow. Wow. Danny's father, uh Brady being taken. You know, everything.
0: Yeah, I think you know it, in hindsight. I think it would yeah. have been better for the city, but Danny definitely would have gotten assassinated.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. But that- <laughs> You know, you guys already know how I feel. They should have printed the story about Brady being missing. They should have printed the story about Trudy Mm -hmm. being missing. And they could have told the story of the virus. I still don't think she should have said anything about Danny because no matter how I feel about Danny, she did not deserve to take that fire or that heat for what her dad did. And it's not even necessary. Because even Danny's behavior and her crimes that I'm willing to give her still have nothing to do with the virus. You know what I mean? Like, She's responsible for her own garbage, but she's not yeah. responsible for the virus. Doesn't need, If you want to beat Danny up, beat
1: her up for what she does, not because of what her dad did. <laughs> you know? No, but, you know, I, I meant more to when, um, when Ellie wanted to tell everyone that they didn't need the antidote anymore. You know, and all those things. And yes, indeed, Brady being snatched, Trudy being taken. It's Yeah, I, I get why they wouldn't need to know. The details of what Danny's father did and her relationship, but you know, everything else that they found out, like the basic knowledge. If they had shared that, then yeah, the city might have been a safer place today,
3: yeah, yeah, there's a good chance they would have actually found Brady, they would have found Trudy, yeah. you know, and they would be far more open to having a coalition against the chosen because they would know mm-hmm. they were in danger. You'd have fewer yeah. people running off to join the chosen if they knew these guys were bad news,
0: you know <laughs> imagine that
3: I,
1: you know this this makes me wonder. How many people joined the chosen for the chosen, or just because they were the enemies of the mall rats? it's mm, a good question. The mall
3: rats weren't taking care of them, and the the chosen promised to do that. That's why a lot of people like we're living in yeah. the city we're going to go join them because we're living on the streets and while the mall rats don't terrorize us like other tribes used to, they're not helping us get off the streets, they're not helping us get food no. they're not helping us feed our small children you know they're not. No helping us get homes but there's somebody out there who might you know but what if they had been warned ahead of time yeah what the chosen were actually like and what they might do to you you know they might not have taken that chance Mm -hmm. because for every person like may who checked out the chosen and then said oh these guys are weird i'm out and left there was dozens who said this is a weird i can handle this is fine.
1: I just think about people like Celine. You know, Celine was gonna give up herself and Paul, Patsy, and Chloe to the locos because she can keep them safe, she can feed them. There's so many people like that doing the same thing with the chosen later on. Mm. Joining them for safety. The mall rats never offered that to people, just the people who happened to be wandering into the mall at the right time.
0: Is there nothing I can do? Yeah. Just forget the whole thing. Forget I ever came to speak to you.
2: That's what you want. But my advice? I took your advice, Tysan,
3: and it didn't work, did it? From now on, I advise myself.
2: So after hearing what happened from Bray, Tysan does go to see Ebony, and Ebony flat out tells her that she doesn't intend to take any further advice from her. And then later, when Bray tries to apologise to Ebony for his outburst, Ebony pretends that she was just winding him up. So yeah, panel, how, how do you feel in general about the behavior of all three? And in any universe, do you think things could have gone differently if Bray had initially believed Ebony?
1: I think they could have definitely gone differently if Bray had instantly truly believed her, because well, there is history between them. You know, it's it's he was never fully hateful of Ebony. There was always this you know this thing between them. But yeah, right now the basic behavior. Behaviour I do get is Ebenezer, Because of course he's going to tell Bray that she was just playing him to see how he would react. Because that's how she creates her defence mechanism. She doesn't want to be seen as a vulnerable who got turned down. She doesn't want to see her way. Yeah, the easiest way for her to get over it is by pretending it never happened and that she always had the upper hand. That it was all just, you know, her playing him. And not him breaking her heart. Cause, you know, she can't live with I mean, the heartbreak of that for her, it's it's horrible. And she doesn't wanna feel vulnerable, let alone let other people see her as vulnerable. It's just not an option for her. As for Bray, yeah, I, I think once I, I talked to Tyson that, you know, he made a mistake. That yeah, he he did um feel bad for not believing her. And, you know, maybe some might have been what could have happened or how things have gone, might have gone through his head. at point.
3: I think everyone's behavior makes perfect sense for who they are and what their motivations are right now. It makes sense that, you know, Tyson would feel bad, you know, that things that hadn't worked out. She did want the best for Ebony. She was rooting for her, you know, and she does feel bad. Like, I'm sorry we didn't, you know, things didn't end up the way we wanted it to. But I still think being more honest with yourself and showing yourself is healthy for you. It makes sense that Tyson would, I mean, that Ebony would be like, nope, not doing that. Didn't work out for me. Going to fall back on my own coping mechanisms. Keep your advice to yourself. You know, it makes sense that she would totally play off. I wasn't coming on to you. I was just messing with you. You're an idiot. There's no way I'm the girl who got rejected. No way. And it makes sense that Bray would try to make peace with her, you know, because of his history with Ebony and the fact that he hates conflict of all kinds Mm -hmm. and just wants everything to be nice. You know, all of it makes perfect sense, Mm -hmm. you know. Do I think things would have gone differently if Bray had believed her? I'm going to be straight. No, I don't. Sure, he wouldn't have beat the crap out of Ebony out in the Mm -hmm. field, you know, and drop kicked her and... All that jazz. That wouldn't have happened. He would have been like, wow. But what do you think Bray would have said, even if he believed her? He's already (laughs) convinced himself he's head over heels in love with Danny. He can't wait to get back to the mall to get some poontang from her. He is not focused on Ebony. So even if he was like, wow, that's really nice that you say that. But I mean, Ebony, he would have responded to her the same way he did when Celine tries to be like, I still love you, Bray. He would have been like, that's (laughs) so nice of you. But no, put your clothes back on. I don't. (laughs) feel that way about you. I think you're sexy and everything, but I don't love you and I don't want to hurt you. It would have gone down much the same way. Ebony would have still yeah. felt rejected because bravey be like, thanks. That's Mm -hmm. so sweet of you and everything. But I mean, we were might have beens and, you know, we're just not there anymore. And can't we just be friends, Ebony? And she still would have felt like, what? I didn't get what I wanted. I'm telling you, I love you. So she would have still ended up on the ground dramatically (laughs) crying, you know, and Bray would have been like, come on, Ebony, don't be mad at me. And she still would have been like, screw you. I hate you, Tyson. I hate everybody. Nothing would have changed. Yeah, <laughs> True. And by some miracle, let's just say, by some miracle, Bray looked at Ebony and said, really? Holy crap. You know, now that you're saying this, you know what I mean? We had a good thing. Let's just say all of Ebony's dreams came true. And Bray was like, sorry, Danny, you don't remind me as Amber as much as Ebony does. And I'm going to hook up with her and throws Danny to the curb and ends up in Ebony's bed that night. You want to know what's going to happen? Ebony is going to de- torpedo this relationship. <laughs> okay? She's going to be like, I saw you talking to Danny. And he'd be like, well, I mean, she, we were talking about, you know, the Chosen and, and plans. And and she'd be like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? I can't trust you. I can't trust any man. And it would have gone the same way, you guys. <laughs> because if we think Danny's insecure about every woman who hoves into debriefs mm-hmm. vision, come on, Ebony would be shooting them down. And Bray would be like, did you just harpoon Tysan for Pete's sake? I just went to her for some healing cream. What are you doing? You know, it it would have still been a disaster. (sighs) So I'm sorry to all the eBay fans out there. It would not have gone any differently. We would have ended up in the same destination. There just would have been different bodies on
1: the road.
0: I agree, but I still want Ebony and Bray to be together.
1: (sighs) Mm. I would have at least wanted to know just to see what would happen.
0: I just want to see half of a season. I just want to see like the amount of time Jay and Ebony were together. I want that for Bray and Ebony. I, I felt like everything would just would have been in balance.
1: Can you imagine how truly
0: she'll be fine? <laughs> as us <as> fans who <laughs> who need this,
1: yeah, no, I I agree with you, Carlin. I would have wanted to see that amount of time for Bray and Ebony together.
0: Good, I'm happy we agree. You agree that Dal should get his own season too, right?
1: No, he should get a spin-off. You know, just like you said before, the characters we don't... (laughs) ...that people don't really care that should get a spin-off.
0: Oh my god. If he... I don't care what anyone says, Dal and that Sasha kind of alliance was amazing.
1: Those two want to farm together, yeah. Fine, you could have that as a spin-off. Gonna lie, I, you
3: know, I would have enjoyed um something a little bit more prolonged if, let's say, Bray had believed her, you know, for whatever reason. He'd managed to convince himself that, but we, we of course, we would torpedo him, be like, Bray, what are you doing? Why are you believing or whatever? Yeah. But, yeah. Which, you know, I, can't I, don't, I don't think we would have. I don't think we, we would have. have. We totally would have. But
0: if Bray was cheating on Danny with Ebony, would you be wanting him to be with Ebony or Danny?
3: Ebony. I wouldn't want either of them to be with him Because neither of them deserve a guy Who's cheating on anyone I, was, I mean, I was, all this, Isn't
2: this story? Season 5 storyline That's all we would have gotten Just
3: Yeah, that's all we would have gotten We just, just would have J- been made into a total dick For that to work Now that's not what I'm saying I want to see I'm saying it would have been interesting Even though it wouldn't have been realistic But I can't deny that I wouldn't have minded Seeing Bray consider That, you know, Ebony's telling the yeah. truth and this taking a little longer for it to fall apart. You know, I, I would have enjoyed seeing it take a little bit of a longer road to get there, a little bit more nuanced. Um, but no, it wouldn't have made sense if uh, Bray just forgave everything Ebony did and just said, okay, yeah, let's just pick up where we left off when we were kids and, you know, or cheated on Danny or it, none of that. None of that would have made any of the characters look better. You know, it would have been a season five cheap. Yeah.
2: For for drama. drama. That's how I see it end up It would have gone the same route yeah. Like, yeah, It would have been Ebony for the, at the start That's fine, but then he would realize realized he had more connection with Danny And then Ebony would have been upset At Danny and Bray for speaking to Danny It, was, it would have up the same way yeah, like, yeah. D- <laughs> It would have collapsed
3: At least they had the guts to have Bray react realistically Blow up in a way that some people Were like, jeez yeah. Bray, that's so unlikable But it was realistic It made sense for him to be like, nah, screw you You've done too much damage. I hate you. You know, you have hurt my family and I don't trust you. As hurtful as it was, that was a realistic reaction for him to have. It made mm-hmm. sense, you mm-hmm. know. So I give him props for being willing to do that rather than dragging the audience along on a crappy
1: love triangle that wouldn't have made any sense. Well,
0: it would have made perfect sense
1: you know it it didn't even need to turn into a love triangle but i would have liked if it would have you know if bray would have known that ebony was being honest i would have liked for him to think on it a little bit and not just yeah
0: he should have hesitated
1: hesitated Hesitated with ebony hesitated with sucking danny's face you know it's everything
3: he's done Yeah, I, I don't think there needed to be any hesitation. In fact, that was the one moment I was proud of Bray. That's like, yeah. that is the violent reaction that was deserved given the circumstances. And I'm going to say, even though I don't like Danny, I don't like Danny and Bray. If Bray is going to realize he doesn't love Danny, I want it because Bray realizes it on his own, not because there's another
1: female involved.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, that was
1: never going to happen. <laughs>
0: This is Bray. He needs decisions made for him. <laughs> oh my God. Imagine if the tribe was like that that TV show, Big Brother. Imagine if the fans get to vote who stays in and who stays off and who gets together with who. Just imagine that.
3: I think that actually, I don't think that would have been very good because um, when we're young, we've all admitted. We had some twisted ideas of who we actually liked at one point in time. And there are fan, there are characters who deserved more time that didn't get it and uh, I feel like certain great characters would have been voted off early just because the young audience couldn't appreciate them. I guarantee Ryan Mm. would have been gone in season one because how many people have admitted that they were young and they didn't appreciate Ryan until they got older and realized, oh, he's a great character. I guarantee a character like Dal would have been gone. You know what I mean? Even though he's a great character. There are plenty of people who would have been voted off because young audience would have been like, I'm bored with them. I don't like That's that. That's
0: fine. That's fine. Not, we're doing them a favor.
3: No, I don't like that.
1: No, it it's not. Yeah. I, I'm with Liz on this because, you know, just think about yourself, true call trudy trudy the moody all the time she is she would have been gone early season one because you know
3: and we would have lost a fantastic character
0: and she would have gained her mental health back <laughs> <laughs> No,
2: okay panel because we haven't talked enough about bray let's talk some more about bray uh-huh.
0: <laughs> anyway straight out of the bloom more or less he said that if he'd been bray i would have said yes
2: don't you
3: think
0: that's so insensitive Accusing me of wanting a baby by Bray.
3: Hmm. Ryan saying I wanted Bray's baby. <laughs> the soup it looks delicious,
0: thanks. You think so too, don't you?
2: Marie and Patsy prepare Ryan to apologize to Celine, but Celine is unimpressed by his efforts and tells Trudy about what he said about Bray. And Trudy is very unsold in her disbelief of Celine's claims that she doesn't want Bray which finally forces Selene to admit her true feelings, although she just doesn't want to hurt Ryan. Trudy then tells her that nobody else will have noticed and that her secret is safe with her. So yeah, panel, what did you make of the exchange between the two?
1: Where do we begin,
2: Trudy? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that, that look Antonia had. No, I really like that. It's just, of course, Trudy doesn't, you know, she, she has to understand that Celine doesn't get over at that he's, as She never did. And as for her telling Celine that nobody else would have noticed her secret safe with her, she has that lovely gleam in her eye when saying that. That's just, yeah, to me, it was, it was like, okay, I'm remembering this because hmm, <laughs> that might be useful information to have. I, I just really like that scene and just the way. Tells, well, you're the only one who really knows the answer to that, Celine. <laughs> it's just, I mean, obviously, Trudy knows what the answer to that is because, well, she felt the same way.
3: I think it's a really well acted scene between Antonia and Victoria. Um, I like that it can take on several meanings depending on when you're looking back at it. You know, on one hand, it could be just, you know, Trudy could be just being a sincere friend who's. Being honest, like, dude, it's obvious you're not over this guy. You have not hidden it well, but I'm not trying to be a jerk about that to you because you're my friend. But I'm telling you, uh, yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> it shines up. You act a certain way when he's around. Anybody paying attention can tell you're still into him. And if I've noticed, you know, obviously Ryan has picked up on it and he's she's being gentle about it. You know, So she, she pulls off the sincerity very well. But mm-hmm. I love the fact that when you look at it, after sure, you know everything, that there is a slight nefarious energy under it. You know how much of this is Trudy toying with Celine. How much of this is fueled by Tr- Trudy's um, her own resentment of um, the fact that Celine certainly never cared about Trudy's feelings when it came to Bray. When she got involved, you know she made it very clear she didn't care if it hurt Trudy or anything. Um, and we learn later that Trudy hasn't actually gotten over that. You know. Um, so I do. I like that it has those different readings, and um, Antonia is brilliant in it. She's freaking funny. Um, we've all had that moment where our friend is asking us to deny something that's so freaking obvious, and we're just like, "Squirrel!" You know. <laughs> I, just, I thought she was great, uh, but Celine, not so much. She really bugs me in this one. It bugs me that she doesn't even give Brian an opportunity to say anything to her. And she just goes, what do you you think that's all it's going to take? You know, a stupid grin. It's like maybe if you let him open his mouth, you might get somewhere, Celine. But obviously, you don't want to do that. It's much easier to keep blaming Ryan for what you're angry about rather than, you know, try to solve anything from him, you know, with him. That bugs me. And then it really, really bugs me when she gets into the conversation about he and Bray. It bugs me in a lot of levels because one, she's saying, I don't want to hurt Ryan. And I believe that if she wasn't hurting Ryan constantly. This is not somebody who acts as though she cares about Ryan's actual feelings. Maybe she doesn't want to hurt him by dumping him, but she doesn't actually care about hurting Ryan because she does it all the time. She's hurting him now, and she is completely callous about his feelings. She, she is not even considered that he might have reasons to be upset with her or that he might have a valid point in this argument. She doesn't care about Ryan's feelings. So pretending she does, get out of here with that. You don't. You've convinced yourself you do because you're a narcissist. Mm-hmm. And then the whole talking about how Bray makes her feel so good. And I'm just like, you've done nothing but badmouth this guy. You know what I mean? To everybody who will freaking listen. And even if it's just to keep other girls away from him, that's not how you talk about someone that you truly care about. So your feelings for him are garbage too. You know, this is not how you treat people that you're so like, oh my gosh, I still love them. You don't trash them and say these horrible things about them and lies about them. Again, these aren't even true things you're saying about Bray. And you're happy to tell everyone that he's obviously a garbage guy that you can't trust, and he'll betray you and lead you on. But oh my gosh, the way he makes me feel, and it's just like Celine, you're just you're just not a really good person. I'm sorry, hun. And you, uh, it, it bugs me so much. And I'll just leave it there.
0: I, I agree. I don't think. I, I I think they um Ryan and Celine, they shouldn't be together. I think they care about each other, but they don't love each other like that. It's as simple as that they're together just for the sake of just being together because they've just been together for a while.
3: Celine would be doing Ryan the biggest favor if she just said, Ryan, I don't want to be your girlfriend anymore. I'm sorry, you know, it would hurt him, but it would do less damage than what she's going to continue doing to him. Just end it and this is for anybody out there, if you don't want to be with someone, you're not doing them a favor by leading them on. That doesn't do them any favors. Just end the relationship because you're going to do more damage dragging it on while you're miserable with them because you are inadvertently going to make them miserable too. You're not helping anyone. You're not saving anybody's hurt feelings. In the end, they will just feel even more hurt and betrayed by your actions. Break it off. Yep. Mm
0: Mm-hmm trying to think of another character that that has done that. (laughs) Uh,
3: Jay. 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 I was going
0: to say Jay. I was going to say Jay.
1: (sighs) I'm going to lead this
3: person on and lie to their face and gaslight them all for the sake of not hurting them. (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's just something about this scene though, you know? And it's it's with a lot of these scenes likely but, you know, every time I see Trudy listening to people like that I get the song of Agatha all stuck in my head.
3: <laughs> it was Agatha all along.
1: <laughs> she's just sitting there, playing nice, friendly. But meanwhile,
3: <sighs> but she's being completely honest. Yeah, I, like I think she actually says the most important thing. Celine needs to hear. Celine, you're the only one who knows the answer to that question. If you want to be with Bray, no one can tell you that. You mm-hmm. know, and no one can tell you whether or not you want to be with Ryan. You're the only one. That means you have to be honest with yourself. I can't give you the answer to that. You know, you got to wake up and look yeah. at yourself in the mirror. Like that is something Selene needed to actually hear. Yes, she did. But I do like how uh, Trudy does squirrel this information away so that she can use it to cause further discord as time goes on. Mm-hmm. You know, again, part of her mission. And I thought that was great. It was a really yeah. smart move on her part. Because right now, she's, you know, playing it cool. Mm-hmm. But you'll see later that she will lean into this. And I'm like, ooh, you diabolical genius.
1: hmm
0: Yeah, she's Palpatine. Full force.
3: Because <laughs> the more chaos the mall is in, the better prime they are for that takeover.
0: That's yeah, Sure. Only two people are, know that trudy and nice i still think Tyson's a techno i feel like she's just <laughs> been playing that the entire time getting everyone ready uh, but she wasn't she wasn't expecting the chosen takeover though
1: <laughs> no 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 if if you say it like that the technos actually being behind the chosen but mm-hmm. i'm not going to get into that here cuz that's just that's going to spiral quickly <laughs>
0: yeah i can't wait can't wait for a season 4 <laughs>
1: hmm. Okay, um, that leads
2: us to our final thoughts of the episode. So, realising that the rest of the tribe aren't taking his security suggestions seriously because of how he acted towards Alice, Lex goes out to the farm to apologise and finds her trapped in the barn. Attempting to free her, he is honest about the chances of success and tells her that they are friends for life, while Alice asks him for a kiss for good luck. yeah, panel, what did you make of the final cliffhanger? Lex and Alice in this episode and the kiss.
3: I love everything about this scene. Mm-hmm. I think this is... Beautifully written, well directed, fantastic acting, and um, mm-hmm. I could just sing the scene, the scenes praises all day long. They just they nailed this. Well done, great scene to end this the episode on. Yeah, um, I love the chemistry and the dynamic between Alice and Lex because up until this point, she's been the strong one. She's been yeah. bolstering him helping him she's been an emotional crutch for him you know and for the first time she's the one who really requires the comfort and the care and the protection and Lex has to step up to the plate he has to be on time for this he's got to be prepared to play i i think Caleb acts this so well there's mm-hmm. a tenderness coming out of him for Alice he is genuinely worried for his friend he is scared he will not be able to save her It's all he wants to do. For the first time, it's like, I finally have a chance to be a hero, but the stakes are so high if I fail. And it actually really matters to me here. I have got to get this right or my friend won't be here anymore. And he's been here before. I can imagine this is very much like losing Zandra on Eagle Mountain. He could not save her. He ran back in that building to save her. And he failed. Mm. And this is he's staring at the barrel of that gun again. Mm-hmm. If I fail at this, Alice is gone. The one person I have is mm. gone. And Caleb, you see it. You see the fear. You see the way he's trying yeah. to keep it down. The way he's trying to comfort her. The fact that he will not go for help because they won't make it back in time. But trying to pretend it's because he's cocksure and wants the glory. And I, I just... And Alice, I feel her palpable fear. Like, please tell me it's going to be okay. Because for once, I'm not confident that I'm going to be okay. You know, the way he touches her and strokes her face. And mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I'll, I'll stop now. But <laughs> as you can see, I could just go and go and go. Yeah. Gold stars, both of
1: you. Mwah! Perfection. And even a moment that he's it. Lex admitting to Ryan that he's going to do, he's going to say the S word. Which Lex never does. And then he gets there and he can't, at first he can't find her. It's just the, the amount of tension they build up to. And then Lex finding her helpless. Which is, you know, Alice is never helpless. She's always the one rescuing others. And yeah, she's, she's so afraid and you can just, you know, you can see it in both of their faces and Alice just, you know, thinking, well, this is going to be the end of me. I might as well be brave now and ask him to kiss me. Please give me that before I go. You know, because that's how it feels like when she asks him that. This might not end well. I can give you this
3: if I can't save you, I can give you this, yeah,
1: and it's like it's
3: a it's a genuine act of platonic love, yeah, because he genuinely cares about this person, you know, and if this is going to give her the comfort she needs, if it is the one thing he can do, if he fails in this, he doesn't hesitate, he does it, yeah, you know, and yeah, because this is this is the sort of thing that was done for him, he's never done this for anyone, no you know and it's just, and I love the way, the, cl- the way like it's a cliffhanger. Because they built it up so well, I was genuinely yeah. concerned for Lex. Yeah. I really yeah. was. I was like, oh my gosh, this might be the way they were setting up. This is his redemption arc. And I mean, how many times do people have to die for their redemption arc to be complete? Mm-hmm. Happens all the time, you know? I mean, that's the way Zoot went out. He went out protecting his brother, blah, blah, blah. You know, we've seen it before. So I actually thought for a moment, we might lose Lex. Because they've done such a good job on this story arc for him. This could be the moment he goes out.
1: Yeah, I could I could totally see that. And you know, we've seen Ray not dealing with his grief, and here he is just facing that fear of losing the most important person to him once again. And this time he can do whatever's in his power to try and save It's just it's it's great to see him do that. Yeah, it's I was actually speechless for me. you know, you just look at those two faces and they seem so genu- genuinely concerned about each other and caring so much. And then, yeah, everything comes down and, you know, the panic in her voice and, yeah, it, I never thought I would be a person to worry about Lex. In this moment, I do. I really do. It was a great cliffhanger. And going forth, you'll realize
3: what a turning point this is for Lex. Now, I Mm -hmm. always claim, my belief is that Lex has always wanted to be a hero. But unlike Bray, he didn't have anyone to teach him how to be a hero. So Lex fails at it. He's horrible at it. But he desperately wants to be that guy. And you see him struggling through it with season one, wanting the praise and glory, but not knowing the sacrifice and work that goes into it. What it means to be a hero, you know, but chasing it, chasing it, wanting it so bad. Mm -hmm. You see such a change in Lex when he finally discovers what it is to be a hero. After this, there will be such a change in Lex and there's a place he'll never go back to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like he needed this for his personal development, you know, in his life. Uh, it's like shaking a monkey off your back, you know? Um, so it's it's really important in that way too. Just his over arc, overall arc, at least for the first three seasons. I don't say much about the last two, but there's a steady progression of character growth for Lex for three seasons. And this is a massive part of it. Lex finally figuring out how to be a hero. Bravo,
0: Lex, bravo. Uh, I think, I mean, y'all pretty much said everything. So I'm going to just say that rewatching this scene, it kind of, I remember someone was once saying that there's kind of a curse on Lex, that every woman who falls in love with him ends up dead. So although the scene is very romantic, it kind of just makes me feel even more worse for Lex (laughs) because he just can't seem to have like a decent romantic partner. I can stay alive for a season. But um, yeah, I mean, the chemistry between Alice and Lex is absolutely legendary in this series. It's one of the best.
2: So that brings series 2, episode 34 to a close. Thank you very much to the panel, and if you'd like to take part in a future episode of the podcast, send us a message over on our Facebook page or on our website, UK. So we'll see you next time for episode 35. Until then, bye.
3: Bye. Later days. Bye.